Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mom of the Hard Kid. Today, we're going to be talking about the disconnect a lot of mental health professionals have when it comes to children with severe mental health disorders. So I was going through YouTube last night. I was watching the shorts. In 30 minutes, I'd seen 900,000 videos, and there was one that stayed in my mind throughout the rest of the night, and I could not stop thinking about this. I mean, it just, it was like stuck. And I, I am going to talk about that one today. When I go to a lot of mental health or even pediatrician, when I go to the medical profession in an effort to understand my child better, in an effort to help my child, I am often met with a lot of what I would call inexperience. I am met with a lot of, you know, people who are like, no, here's your solution. And I'm like, oh, no, that's that that solution hasn't worked at our house. And they're like, no, no, you just must be doing it wrong. Or yes, this is the solution. Or, oh, you're just stubborn kind of a thing. And so I've had I'm I'm watching this video and this doctor has wonderful advice. The doctor I mean, the video is labeled end tantrums forever or something like that. And I'm like, okay, I will keep an open mind. Tell me how I can end tantrums forever. And the truth is when you have a neurotypical child or even surrounding it, if you think of it like a target and you have the neurotypical in the middle and then you kind of go out into what is known. So I think doctors are very familiar with ADHD. I think they're very familiar with autism. But then as you go farther out in the rings of the target, I think that they get less aware. I think they don't really understand that part. So when you have a child who is out on the outer rings of that target, and the doctor is giving you advice for someone closer into those rings, you're like, oh, wait, no. And they're like, no, no. And you just get caught in this eternal arm wrestle of I'm right and you're stupid on both sides, right? So he's giving this advice to this mom and daughter who are in there. He's already actually given it to them and they are back a month later to talk about how his advice has been successful. Now, I will say again, I think his advice is very good. I just don't think it works when you're talking about mentally ill children. But he starts off the video and he's like, hey, do you have a child who is incredibly difficult, who has really struggles? And and the mom that was in there, it looked like that she had like 90 minute tantrums, the daughter. So, but I'm, I can't quite remember, but it was a long time. She was having a really hard time. So the doctor gave her the following advice. He said, first, you put your child in timeout and you give no emotion. Because a lot of kids will feed off of the energy of their mom, right? If their mom's getting upset, they're like, yay, look, <laughs> I am impacting her. Like, I, I don't really understand why kids do this, but they definitely do this. So he's like, put them in their room, put them in a safe place, let them cry it out. Now here, when you're talking about an emotionally or severely mentally ill child, I was like, whoa, 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 you cannot put them in a room by themselves. You will destroy that room. And then he's like, 
you can't have them by you because you need to separate yourself from them. That was his piece of information. And I was like, that does not work in our case. Because if I separate myself from her, especially when she's upset, my child who has reactive attachment disorder, oppositional defiance disorder, PTSD, ADHD, all the things. And she will lose her sense of stability inside and everything will go toe up for the next 72 hours, right? So I'm like, oh, (laughs) but if I were to say to that doctor, and this is just me, of course, making this up in my head, oh, that doesn't work for us. He would say, no, give it a try. (laughs) And I'd be like, oh, no, no, it doesn't work for us. That doesn't work. This is what happens. And there, because it is so hard for anybody to wrap their head around those types of behaviors. So I really love the no emotion part. I think that that works in a lot of cases because I think especially in our situation, if you have emotion, it will amplify the behaviors times 500. Now, obviously I'm exaggerating, but I think you get the point. Now, his second piece of information was redirection. So he's talking again, toddler, preschool, like lower elementary school age. And he's saying, when you see a behavior about to start, redirect the behavior before it's a problem. And this is another time where I was like, I can't do that. If she ever picks up on me doing that, she will passive aggressively attack me for the next, again, let's just say 48 to 72 hours, like several days worth of her being upset that I tried to manipulate her. She hates being manipulated, even though she is a master at manipulation. She's amazing. I think I'm pretty good at telling when she is being manipulative. But there have been a few times just this last week where after, you know, the dust has settled after a crazy episode, I'll turn to my husband and be like, I don't even know. I don't even know if that was real or not. (laughs) I don't know. Because she is so good, so good at it. But one of the problems with being really good at being a manipulator is that you then know when you're being manipulated. So it does not work for redirection. And some of you are like, hey, but your kid is older. And I'm like, my kid is in kindergarten right now. And this has been an issue for years. So it does fall into that frame. So here's this doctor who's giving this advice for quote unquote severe children. And I'm thinking this child is not a severe child. This child... I mean, my, she sounded a lot like my oldest and how my oldest responded to things. And to be fair, at that time, I would have considered my oldest a very severe child. So I do understand that kind of thing where they're coming from. But the third thing he recommended is to build up your child, give them positive things about themselves, tell them compliments, tell them um, just, I don't know, good things, build them up. And I thought, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) If you have the type of mentally ill child that I have had, 
if you give that compliment to that child and it is at all insincere, that child will not take that compliment and that child will be so offended by that compliment that then you will end up with things like boogers on your door handles and feces places and just stuff. Like it's just, you cannot treat my child with this kind of information. So when I go through again in my mind and think, how would my interaction play with this doctor? I think this doctor would be incredibly annoyed by me because I would be like, oh, that doesn't work for us. Oh, that doesn't work for us. And he would just think, oh, she's so challenging, right? Like she's so challenging. And he wouldn't be like, oh, it doesn't work for them. I wonder why it doesn't work for them. Because what I imagine is that every they're like getting here's your information, get out kind of a thing. And nobody really as a medical professional takes the time to truly study out what the actual facts of a situation are. I felt the same way about therapy is I'm, I'm not coming to therapy to have for my child to have my child get a little booklet or a brochure and then be sent on our way. I'm coming to therapy so that we can come together and review all of the facts that are going on and really try to find a solution. Because a lot of people are just like, oh, here's your behavioral therapy thing. Here, take this, fill out this survey. Here, do this. And and I think, no, no, you don't know what's actually going on. You are just giving a diagnosis and then you're giving a treatment. But in this case, with severely mentally ill children, that doesn't always work out. Sometimes you're going to find a lot of success. Other times you're not. And then you're just going to be like, oh, let me flip through my file folders and pick out another option for you to do. And I think, oh, no, you guys, I need you medical professionals to hear what is happening in my situation and know that just because this has worked with so many kids who are near that center target, it doesn't mean it's going to work for some of the kids who are on the outside of that target. So know that if you go into a medical professional's office, know that they are not always going to have the answers that you need. Know that you're going to have to adapt a situation and they can give you some good pieces of information. I mean, everything he said was good pieces of information, but that you might need to adapt for that because your child is not in their understanding range more closer to the center of the target. So some of the things that have worked for us have been to have absolute family rules. And he does talk about that in his video. He says, you can't deviate. And I absolutely agree with this. When you have a child who is just like the velociraptors on Jurassic Park, the first one, when the guy is like, they're always checking for weaknesses in the fence. (laughs) I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Like, I live with a velociraptor. (laughs) But you have to have absolutely, absolute family rules. And if there comes a time when you are so burnt out that you cannot do that anymore and you can't, you don't care anymore, you can say, I am so burnt out, I don't even care anymore. If you want to make bad decisions for yourself, go ahead and make bad decisions. But I am going to save a punishment for you tomorrow when I have more energy. (laughs) Like to give total family rules and then speak 
absolutely honestly. That's such a critical one. Absolute honesty. They know the rules, speak honestly. But I also love the information from this doctor. Do not react. And I know that this is so easier said than done because I will recommend this up the wazoo. I will recommend this here, there, everywhere. I cannot do it all the time. There are times when I am like, you're doing such a good job. You are holding your cool. It has been pure screaming for an hour and a half. And you're doing great. And then I'll be like, (laughs) I will just lose my mind. And I'll be like, oh, no, I didn't even know that was there. Like, Oh, no. (laughs) And then, of course, you have to just regroup and try again. So when it comes to your medical professionals, you have to come in as the parent of someone on the outside of the target and realize that your doctor is not going to understand you. You have to be able to come in and either explain your situation. And by the way, the best way that you can do this is the non-emotional approach. Just like with your children, how you need to kind of refrain from emotion, I will recommend upside down over inside out that you do not use emotion when you are talking to the doctor because you will be so instantaneously dismissed and it will not be beneficial for you. I know you're falling apart. I know this child is so overwhelming for you. I know, but they don't care. They don't care about your emotion. They don't care about your thing. Even if they're your friend, they're like, hey, I, I have something else I got to do. Hey, I don't really want to be bothered by this. Hey, this is too much even for me as a medical professional to deal with for like 15 minutes. So know that you're going to have to calm yourself about this situation in order to get more help from this person. And know that this person is only going to take you so far. Now you might luck out. You might find a really great medical professional that understands every single time and every single part. And if you do, give that medical professional a consensual hug. Like this is so so rare. More likely you're going to find somebody who understands a piece, who gives you a little bit of leeway on a piece. But the rest are going to try to maneuver you over to one place and get you to fit in their box of understanding. And you have to hold your ground and say, I'm sorry, I'm not in that box. My son, my daughter, they're not in that box. They're over here. I either need you to come with me, or I need you to tell me who I can go to that might better understand this. So when you're preparing to go to these visits, the best thing that I can recommend to you is bringing your documentation. Write things down, write a journal, write when they're throwing tantrums, write what they do in their tantrums, what they say in their tantrums, write when it changes from a tantrum to a rage. And that was one of the biggest pieces of advice that I took with me when I went into the doctor is I said, it's not a tantrum, she's raging. Because when you throw a tantrum, you're kind of whining and you're like kicking the ground and screaming even and maybe even, you know, pulling your own hair. When you're raging, you're busting stuff, you're punching yourself in the face. (laughs) I say you, I mean them. And they're doing all of these, you know, self-destructive, physically destructive, ridiculous 
ridiculous things where you have amplified a from a tantrum to a rage. So you'll want to document those things. You'll want to have a journal. You'll want to keep it up. The second thing that I recommend when you're preparing for a visit is to learn your stuff. Learn the diagnoses. Learn the signs. I know. I know when you came into this parenthood, you did not plan on getting a minor in psychology, but it's going to be really helpful to you. Because without being arrogant, you're going to let the medical professional know that you're aware of the difference between a tantrum and a rage. And you're aware of the difference between oppositional defiant disorder and a mood disorder that you are just aware. You don't have to be an expert. You just being aware is going to be really helpful to get that doctor to understand where you're coming from and that you're not just speaking out of emotion. So the third thing I recommend is that thing that I referenced before, to not be afraid to say, I don't think we're on the same page. I feel like when I say Janie throws tantrums, but what I'm really saying is Janie intentionally disrupts the evening when she gets caught breaking the rules and then there's a three hour fight slash tantrum until it escalates into self-harm and destruction of property. Like, like, don't feel, don't be afraid to tell the doctor, I don't think that we are communicating. I don't think we're ending up on the same plane. I think that we're having such a disconnect. And the, the fourth thing is to trust yourself. Okay. You are living with that child. That doctor is not living with that child. If he is, and he's gone all day, then, and if you have that child, for the bulk of it. Trust yourself. You have gone crazy because this child really is hard. This child really is changing your family dynamic, your mental health. It really is. And that doesn't mean you have to dislike this child. You can like somebody whose mental health is bad, but trust yourself. trust yourself. And again, don't be afraid to say, you know what, I'm not, I don't think this is a good fit. Could you recommend someone who works specifically with mentally ill children or who works specifically with, with increased behaviors, those kind of things. Don't be afraid to do that. We go to the doctor, we think they're going to save us. They're not going to save us. We are strong enough to save ourselves with their assistance. Get to the right place. Don't just sit and wait for this doctor to not understand you, not hear you, not be able to help even if they could. Don't be afraid. In fact, I think the most success that I had in regards to medical professionals is when I was so desperate for my own sanity. When I'd already been seeking for hers for a year and I couldn't find anything. And then it had gotten so bad that I, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this anymore. Like, not just that our family dynamic was bad, but I thought I am physically, mentally falling apart. And I was desperate to save me at that point because cause those outer ring ones, I mean, the one, the kids that are in the middle of that target, they're hard. And as you go out to those bigger things, they're harder but when you're on the outer rung, like the outer ring of the target, oh my word, I didn't even know things could be that hard and that I could live through it. And don't let these doctors push you around. Don't forget that while they have massive amounts of medical experience, massive amounts of psychological experience, you are 
the expert in your kid. I had to hit a point where I realized I am with my child 24 hours a day. Why are they telling me that I'm not correct? You are an expert in what your child's behaviors are. And with a little bit of education, you can be a moderate expert at some of the things that are out there. You're stronger than you know, and you've got this. Thanks so much for joining me.